0: coffee time wednesdays with uh, the prairie farm podcast can't hit us with the jingle welcome back to the prairie farm podcast coffee times wednesdays
1: sorry we missed friday guys yeah sorry we missed friday we have like close to 10 episodes that we need to publish but yeah we're so close but we have not given up on the uh third episode of the prehistoric prairie that's coming or, I, I was working on it just the other day the water series
0: yep we're still working for you sorry guy i feel like we owe you an apology um but uh I don't, do we actually owe that's a thing do we owe an apology yes we
1: owe an apology we owe people it? people want their content i'm i'm I, one of those people i know people. i know
0: but do you owe the apology so. I guess if at any point we told you we're every Wednesday and Friday, then yes, we owe you an apology. It was implied. It is implied. All right. All right. I remember what, one of the podcasts I listened to. They didn't post for like a month and a half. Didn't give any explanation. And then came back and were like, man, we got all these hate messages. Like, what would you guys do? And I'm like, yeah, because we're angry because we were expecting to listen to that on the way to work on Friday.
1: Have you ever heard the song by the Kaiser Chiefs? Called, I think it's called uh, Angry Mob. And uh, just those... I th- maybe we should just reach out to the Kaiser Chiefs and be like, "Hey, can we use can we use this song for our podcast mm. music?" But uh, not because you listeners are the angry mob, but the the words of that song are so good, man. They they kind of describe the 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 modern times, starting with the invention of the printing press. As soon as information could be shared in a massive way, yeah, um, the angry mob existed.
0: Hmm. And you know what's crazy? What is that? Is it Mark Twain that says, I've rarely ever met an insane person, but in a group, I believe it to be a necessity. Not like one person. I think angry that's the person. third time you've
1: said that on this podcast. On the,
0: on the podcast? I think about it a lot because we're nuts when we're in a group. We don't think like normal humans. Yeah. We're hyper aware of what other people are thinking of us.
1: But you know who does? Listeners to the Prairie Farm Podcast. They know how to think like normal humans. You
0: guys know how to think and that's why you're here because you thought and thought it worthwhile. Um. I feel like there was a thing, another thing I was going to say. Last week, I had this big hype up. I can't find the article anymore, but I'm going to give you guys the gist. It's either in Idaho or Colorado. (laughs) There's this road people are wanting to build. The problem is it's going to cut right through uh, this wildlife kind of refuge area, and there's a few different endangered species in there. And the problem with that is you'd basically be cutting – like one of them is a turtle, and the other one is something small. I can't remember. But – they like can't cross a giant interstate. So you're cutting their habitat in half. You would literally be creating two different genetic um, strands. And mm-hmm. and then we'd have to have tons of public money helping these turtles, you know, find mates if they need it. Anyway, the point was the road, people are arguing for the road because it would cut the commute for a lot of people um, to about a little over a third of their current commute. And if you do that in terms of man hours over a year, it was it was something crazy, like like two point something million man hours would be saved every year mm-hmm. um, by cutting this commute. And so it brought us to the forefront of at what point is conservation not worth is not a price worth paying for efficiency, right? If you're in Iowa and there's a few people there and you rip up a hundred acres of prairie to plant corn, well then it's not a big deal. But if there's only a thousand acres left and you rip up a hundred of them of prairie, then that is a, that's a scary thing. So at what point, where's the line? And I don't know, but that's not actually my topic. Well, today.
1: it goes back to the, uh, something else that we say all the time on the podcast, you have to see value beyond the dollar and <sighs> What, what has got us to a point in world history where efficiency has to be such a priority Yeah, and is, and whatever has got us to that point, is that worth it? And, um, you know, I think that's a really hard question to, to ask and to answer, but it needs to be, you know? Yeah.
0: It, uh-huh. it is, it and when is you, difficult and When, you, and when you
1: boil down all aspects of conservation uh it it all boils down to that right yeah
0: because it's not it's not just money right those are like some of those people are parents getting an hour less with their kids every day mm-hmm. you know now I, it's very easy to romanticize it you know realistically if you take what we spend our time on, yeah, it's probably that's what just I was thinking. Time What's that Facebook?
1: time vacuum going to be filled with? Yeah, you know, baking TV. pies for the homeless. I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> yeah, sweet, more volleyball tournaments. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So I, 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 I get it. It, it goes, it goes both ways, and I don't know where the line is. There's a line somewhere. I don't know where it is, but that's not my topic. <laughs> and we're on a time crunch today because Ken yeah. and I had a fun time today. We, you want to tell them what we did, Can't You, tell yeah, me?
1: we hand seated. Uh, a prairie for a guy yeah who i i was thinking about it um i'm not sure i know obviously a lot of his stuff was was uh uh part of a crp you know plan but i was kind of wondering if the stuff that we did because um he basically was he cleaned up an area that got leveled by the direct most or uh, two derecho's ago man and crazy. uh all these trees got knocked down on his property yeah and he's like you know what i'm gonna clean up that area of down i've trees. never
0: seen someone clean up down trees as good as this yeah it
1: was awesome yeah and uh um he's like i'm gonna put some prairie there and i'm guessing that part of uh the planning that we did for him probably had to come out of his it, yeah his own yeah pocket. it's not a crp thing and so uh you know Kudos to him for having that vision and wanting to absolutely do the right thing and do absolutely. and doing the right thing from the standpoint of prepping the ground really well. Yeah.
0: but he had some bigger fields as well that are in CRP, yep. and dad was planting that. And but dad's about to be at another field, and, and we got to bring him seed. Yeah. So I got to be boogieing out of here in like 10 minutes, and Kent's gonna have to do all the editing for this podcast. And get it <laughs> <up>. <laughs> um, but uh, you got a topic?
1: Uh, yeah. So uh, good old Luke Fritsch sent me an awesome – it wasn't really an article. It was more like just a link that was like, hey, did you know this was a thing? And uh, it was – let me look up the website just to say where it's from. But it it has to do with our uh, national forest. So there's national forests all over our country. I don't know. I think Iowa might have one national forest, maybe two. Um there might be one down by Fort Madison maybe Stevenson National Forest I think is kind of down that way I think um but uh I would say most states have a national forest at least one and uh so this is from um uh, usda.gov and uh forest service usda.gov so fs.usda.gov And uh, it's talking about tree cutting on uh, national forests. And it says right here, most national forests allow users to harvest trees for personal use, firewood, and how timely is this? What do you think the other thing you're allowed to harvest a tree for? Ooh, lumber. Christmas tree. Oh, uh, so, firewood and Christmas and trees. Christmas trees, but you must have a Forest Service issued permit, and you must follow specific guidelines, which can vary from forest to forest.
0: I don't think we got a permit when I was in California. It means friends went <laughs> out to the mountains and just chopped down a tree for Christmas. <laughs> oh man,
1: you're, <laughs> you're you're risking it now. I'm confessing. Uh, and uh, so, so here are some general guidelines. Um, just just some. Uh, there's. Uh, let me see here. Okay, so these are these are some specifics that I think people need to know about. So the tree you choose must be at least two hundred feet from main roads, recreation sites, and campgrounds. Like, can you just picture someone like going in between two pop up campers and be like, "Excuse me, <laughs> you know, we were like, using that for shade." <laughs> yeah, but it's, yeah, I need it for Christmas tree. It's never... July fourteenth. <laughs> well, that's another thing. Is it has to be. Uh, most holiday tree permits are issued in November. Know your location, the weather, and your ability to tra- traverse through the snow. So, they're saying too, with this, you know, you could be hiking way back into some of these areas, you know, to find a perfect tree. Uh, but that can bring some danger, especially since you know you're not getting a permit till November, yeah. and most of our national forests especially that have Christmas tree species in them, are going to be at northern latitudes. You know, you could have some pretty nasty weather. Yeah. And so um, that was another thing. Also, um, it says select a tree with a trunk that is six inches or less in diameter and prepare to cut the tree no more than six inches above the ground level. Um, Select a tree from overstocked areas and thickets. Watch restricted areas and cut only one tree per tag. Attach your tree tag to the harvested tree before placing in your vehicle. So there are some like really specific rules you have to follow there. But I think it's awesome to you know like that's something that I bet a lot of people I didn't know about. Yeah, but a you lot defiled people...
0: a bunch of people's conscience knowing that they now yeah. know that they need a permit. Well,
1: no, I'm just saying like they. I think it's cool that we're allowed to go just hike into the, you know, federally owned land like that, national forest land. So this isn't all federally owned land. And I don't, the way they worded it, it doesn't even sound like it's all national forest. But uh, I think it's pretty cool to do that. And uh, I'm going to try and get Fritch and uh, my family to start a new tradition. I think we're going to have to go find a, uh, you know, somewhat close national forest. Like, man, don't you think it would be a lot of fun to, like, turn into this big, Kind of scavenger hunt and and I uh, go find a Christmas tree every year, yes,
0: yes, Christmas tree competitions, but they have to be found well well,
1: what what I Not was thinking grown. what we could do is you could like so let's say you know, as our kids get older and more capable, you know, they like all find like a tree that they think is perfect, you like take pictures of them all, hike up to sell service and uh, like send out the pictures to a panel of family and friend judges to choose which one is best. And I like, you know, like there's all sorts of fun things you could do with it. But another great way to get people outdoors though, and appreciating those areas around us, which is where we find that value that protects those places. That
0: is a great idea. Get outside, find a Christmas tree, hug a tree, live under (laughs) a tree, move out of your house, which was once a tree to live under a live tree. Just
1: don't cut it down within 200 feet of Nicholas's pop-up camper.
0: Yes, within 200 feet or not in November. So and get a <laughs> permit. <laughs> it has
1: to be in November. Or yeah, later.
0: yeah. Dude, 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 dude. So I'm going to read you a little thing off of this article. As the warmth moves to higher latitudes, farmers may notice the sweet spot for the Corn Belt moving for- further north. Basically, they're saying it's too dry, but they also said, I want to be fair because, uh, the multi-year droughts aren't necessarily new to the region. As many farmers can think of stretches of dry conditions. However, Toady, who's an expert and, uh, director of Midwest climate hub said these periods are becoming more frequent due to changing climate. Um, and even though the sentence I just read earlier was talking about it being moved North. It's actually there's signs that the corn belt is moving West Mm. and North. So from Iowa and Illinois and Northern Missouri to Nebraska and North and South Dakota and Minnesota.
1: Well, after being in Nebraska, I can tell you, you can only move so far West. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. (laughs) That's fair. But, but the whole point is that the drier conditions aren't um, like the drier conditions here. Are, and are worse than they are there. Yeah, and well, they also were saying that. So part of how they read this was where were the best yield fields? So like fields that were yielding over two hundred fifty mm-hmm. bushel an acre, and there was only a few. There was like twenty spots or something like that. Um, Thirty six sites. Uh, twenty one of them were north of Interstate. Uh, eighty And that apparently is not normal um, to have that many of your best yielded spots of 31 of them or 20, 21 of your 36 to be north of I-80.
1: I see. So they they didn't just test 30 sites. They looked at data from probably a whole lot more sites. And they went with their top 36. Yep. And of those 36 20 of them were north of 80 yep exactly
0: mm. well I mean the USDA every year knows how many bushels come out of basically every field uh you're supposed to report yeah, it yeah um,
1: okay yeah, yeah that makes sense through the FSA yeah
0: yeah yep through the FSA so uh that is fascinating I mean they just redid the um the zoning for what uh, for the growing zones yeah and and that I'm sure. I bet if we were able to pull up maps and graphs, there would be a lot of parallelism with where corn is growing well and how they shifted the zones. Yeah. But I just think that's interesting because, uh, you know, maybe in a hundred years, Iowa isn't the, isn't the place to grow corn anymore.
1: Yeah. You know, I was thinking the other day, I'm not as old as you think, but it's been a little while. Uh, I had a friend in college and this was probably 15 years ago and they lived down South, like in Tennessee and they went home for Christmas. This was back in the days where everyone would post photo albums on Facebook, you know? Yeah. After they like went on a trip or something like that. Yeah. They photo dumped. Right. Yeah. And some people still do that. Yeah. But it was like very commonly, like that's how Facebook operated at that time. And so, This friend, she did an album, and she titled it My Green Christmas. And we went to college up in Wisconsin, so it was like a way of being like, "Uh, you know, it's it's nice and warm down here, but you guys... And I've just, you know, for whatever reason, that's like stuck in my memory. And I was thinking the other day, it's like, obviously the leaves were off the trees and everything, but she was talking about like the grass is still green, you know, it's in the 40s, 50s, stuff like that. It's like, man grass is still kind of green around here yeah yeah you know it's like we could have our own photo dump now yeah at this latitude yeah titled my green christmas because the grass is probably gonna be green at christmas
0: yeah they're not i don't
1: i mean it was what 60 degrees last week
0: we were talking to a customer 40 degrees today i don't think we're looking at getting any precipitation before christmas and so i don't think we're getting any any white christmas yeah. All I want for Christmas is for everyone to change their habits so that we have a little better climate going forward for the next 100 years and I feel like that's not too much to ask.
1: Nope.
0: Anyway, that was me being facetious people. It's not too much to ask. It's not it shouldn't too much be. To ask. It's it's good it's, for it's everybody.
1: the perfect amount to ask. It's good for you, good for us, good for your What if we start a campaign
0: kids? like do it for Nicholas's Christmas? <laughs> do it for Saint Nick's Christmas. I'll take that. Uh <laughs> man
1: Sir, I wanna save. We might nice have actually climate. stayed
0: within 15 minutes. We haven't done that in third. Nope, 17 minutes. Nick's all gonna right. sing
1: Christmas shoes now. As we, as Christmas we, shoes. You know the most overplayed song on like Christmas radio stations that make all you.
0: All feel- I want for Christmas is shoes. That
1: <laughs> that that's the one I think. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We'll see you guys soon.